Amen. You can take a seat. And uh, we're continuing our, our co collection and series in Colossians chapter 1. And so I want to start off by reading Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 12. Here's what Paul writes. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his wisdom and, uh, and his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. Today, I want to talk to you from this thought day by day, day by day. If you want to go ahead and write that down in your notebooks. And uh, while you're doing that, we're continuing our series through the book of Colossians. And the reason why we're doing that is because these biblical authors wrote their books for a reason. And so it's just like if I were to write a letter to you and if you were to write back and if we were going to have a correspondence. And if you only found half of those letters, maybe let's say that you found my half of the letters, then you would want to piece together an understanding of what that conversation looked like. And so what we want to do throughout this series is we want to unpack this idea of who Paul is writing to, what they're talking about, and how to apply that to our lives 2,000 years later. And as we have been through this experience, I think we've already learned a lot. And today we're experiencing these verses from chapter, from verses 9 to 11. And now Holly and I, I don't know if you know this, but we went through kind of a big event this week, a big life event. We welcomed our firstborn into the world. And so we're so grateful for that. Her name is Lively Ann Labby, just to show you a picture of what she looks like. And so you can say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. You are ahead of time. And so, right, she's adorable, right? She's amazing. And what I love about Lively is just that she's living up to her name in every single way. I'm joking that maybe I should have ne like named her Napper or Sleepy, you know? I feel like that would have been a little bit of a better idea, but Lively it is. And so one of the things, though, is she's already walking in a bit of a disobedience to me. And here's what I mean. I've been whispering something in her ear every day. I've been whispering and asking her to do something every single day that every single day she wakes up and does the opposite. You see, as a dad, I'm whispering in her, in her ear, don't grow older. I keep telling her, just stay this little cute baby, just this little package, the chubby cheeks and all the rest of that kind of stuff. But every time she wakes up from a nap, every time she wakes up at night, she grows up day by day. How many of us know that in order to grow, you have to do it day by day? You see, the biblical author would agree with that. Paul would actually agree with that. This idea of saying that we want to grow day by day. We asked the question at the beginning of this series, what if instead of heading into the new year, what if instead of making resolutions like I want to contribute more to my 401k or I want to lose weight this year or, you know, I want to go on more trips this year. What if instead of making those kinds of resolutions, if we made resolutions that actually helped us move into some Something called Christoformity. Now, I know that's kind of a big word, but Christoformity is moving into looking more like Jesus. But what if, what if this year you loved your enemies like Jesus loved his enemies? 
You ever think about that for a second, that in that moment when Jesus is on the cross, that he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What if you look more like that this year? Well, what if you actually engage with your spouse in a way that is more loving and the world around you, that you have more patience? What if you laid aside the way that you see the world and began to pick up the way that Jesus sees the world? You see, I think that's a resolution worth making. And that's the idea that we're coming into Colossians with, is this idea of what what if we were looking more like Jesus? And so here's the idea that I want to give you today. The main idea is this, that you're either growing forward or you're going backward. You're either growing forward or you're, gro- or you're going backward. Here's some examples. How many of us today listen to cassette tapes? Show of hands. Anybody listening to cassette tapes? Okay, so there's like two of us. So either either you have not, like you're like, no, cassettes are the way to go. MP3 is a total lie. The internet's a lie. Or you're super hipster. Uh, so that's one or the other. You know, you're a super hipster. So so cassettes, right? It's a way of the past. Why? You're, you're moving forward to Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, whatever you're listening to. How many of us right now have a pager? Anybody? Okay, nobody's got a pager, right? What they would happen is they like beep your pager and you get like, I don't actually know how it works. Now that I'm trying to explain it, I have no idea. They like send something to your pager and it shows up and it pages you, right? That's how it works, I guess. Um, And so pagers, right? Not a thing anymore. It's more kind of, we have our smartphones. How many of us uh, grew up without a smartphone? That's, That's a question, okay. How many of us currently don't have a smartphone? Okay, Matt, you should be raising your hand right now. The one guy in the room, let's go. Still working that T9, let's go, right? We're still in that zone, right? But we're moving forward. Why? Because day by day, we're growing, we're changing. And then up on the screen, I had a conversation the other day about whether or not anybody remembered this, but I feel like I remember this. I feel like this isn't a fake memory. Uh, Maybe it's fake news, who knows? But it used to be back in the day on TV when they didn't have programming, they would have like those those vertical like colors, right? Anybody see that up on the screen? Anybody remember those? Am I just imagining? Okay, good. So it actually exists, right? Right? But now, can you imagine like TV shutting down? Like just giving up for the night? They're like, yeah, we got nothing, right? No, there's infomercials. You know, you could buy a pizza pocket machine, right? And you can buy whatever you want, infomercials late night. Why? Because we're growing day by day. We're moving forward from who we were into who we're trying to be. So what does it look like for us to overcome anger? Well, the only way that you overcome it is you grow day by day. The way that you continue to walk in sobriety is you do it day by day. The way that you continue to grow in your relationship with God is you commit to showing up day by day. And so what would it look like for us to show up and say, I want to grow forward day by day? The only thing is, I think that we could stop there and I think it could be really like self-help. I think I could write that in a self-help book and people be like, yes, like I want to be better. I want to grow. I want to work out more. I want to be able to like, you know, accomplish my dreams. But there's a difference between self-help and Christoformity. And the difference between the two is this, when it comes to this phrase, it's that self-help is day by day growth that moves you from where you are to where you want to be. It's saying, listen, I can accomplish, I can become, I can achieve because I want to be fulfilled in myself. But when we come to Jesus, instead of it being about us, here's what it looks like. It's day by day growth that moves you from where you are to where he wants you to be. 
Because we said before that God cares way more about who he's making you than where he's taking you. Because what that means is if you're becoming the kind of person that is full of integrity and full of character that looks and loves like Jesus, it doesn't matter where God places you because you will thrive there. You'll be an ambassador for Jesus there. And so we want to be those kind of people that grow day by day to look more like Jesus, full of peace, full of patience full of kindness and gentleness and humility, full of self-sacrifice. I wonder how different people would look at the church if the first words that came to their mind when they thought about Christians was self-sacrifice. But what would he see Jesus doing, but ultimately his act on the cross, sacrificing himself for the sake of others, laying aside who he was to benefit other people. That's why I love the church. That's why I love showing up. And as you look around at our facility here at HQ, what you see are places where people have their fingerprints. And so somebody painted this wall and Tom came in and did trim and Andy and Matt came in and did the flooring and Melanie comes in and cleans. And we have this team that comes in and loves on each other because we want to lay aside ourselves to love one another. What would it look like for us to become more of that heading into this year? The question is, what does it look like then for us to live into that day by day. Can I tell you that Paul actually has already thought about this for us? And he actually gives us a little bit of an outline, an equation maybe that we could look at to be able to see how we can grow to look and love more like Jesus. And so coming back to our passage, it gives the answer of how to grow day by day. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. I'm going to have us all read it together here in a moment because I want us to remember this wasn't written to an individual, but it was written to a church, that this church would come together and they would actually read this together corporately. So I want that to be a reminder of this. But can I say, this is complex. Uh, that I don't know if you noticed, but while we're reading this, if you can put that prayer up on the screen, it's really largely one sentence. I don't think I've ever written a sentence that large in my entire life. And it's full of phrases like, for this reason, and so that. And what Paul is doing is he's making this one incredible argument for how we can live in this new way. And so let's go ahead and read this passage together up on the screen. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. So I want to give you the diagram, and then we're going to break down what Paul is talking about when he says we grow day by day. So up on the screen, what you're going to see is on one side, you're going to see a spiral. And what that spiral does, it has really no ending and no beginning. It's this continual process, but you're getting closer to the center. And on the side, there's an equation. Paul gives us the equation that knowledge of God's will plus walking worthy equals enduring Christiformity. It means that if we have the knowledge of God's will, and if we're actually walking in obedience to the will that he has given to us, that that is a continual process, that day by day, as we, as we understand the will of God, as we live it out, we understand more the will of God, which means that we, un, that we live out more of the will of God. And it's this continual process of enduring Christoformity. 
So I want to show you why that's so important and how to unpack that in your own life and what it looks like for us to be those kinds of people. You see, as I look at the world around us, I got to be honest with you that I think there are some big questions that maybe we don't ask. Some big questions like, where do we come from and where are we going? That sometimes I think we end up going through life and we take it day by day, but we're actually not really thinking about their bigger picture. We're not thinking about where are we going? What is all of this about? And are we really just kind of floating through a multiverse that just happened to be that we kind of popped into existence and then we'll slowly fade out of existence? Those are big questions. And the Bible actually says that you were created on purpose for a purpose and that God has a reason for your life and that you get to live into this beautiful picture of God and this plan that he has in store for you. And that's what Paul unpacks throughout this passage. And so starting in just kind of this first part of the verse, it says this, for this reason also. Now, for this reason means that we actually need to go back and say, what does he mean? He's connecting that to the verses prior. And he's saying, for this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. Now, I just want to pause there for a second because what did Paul already say in the previous verses? He said that when we pray for you. And so one of the things I want you to look out for when you study the Bible is repetition. Repetition shows something that's important. Uh, for me, I need repetition in my life. You see how uh, Holly will send me out to the store to buy something and she'll give me a verbal list. She'll say, don't forget these items. I will go to the store. I will get the first item and I will forget every other item. I'll get sidetracked to get something else. And so what do I need Holly to do? I need her FaceTime me in the store to remind me what I'm getting. And so I get in the line and what I need is for Holly to call me while I'm in the line and say one more time, just to make sure you remember this is what you're supposed to get. That's kind of Paul doing Doing that. I got to tell you that there have been times I've driven by my own house. And, and so that's the reality. And so what do I need? I need repetition to remind me of the most important things. That's what Paul is doing. And so he's saying, listen, don't rely on yourself when it comes to growing in God. Rely on God, on God. Whoa. Rely on God and prayer and in what he's doing in your life. And so he says, when we pray for you, we haven't stopped praying for you. And so then he unpacks it. Here's what his prayer looks like. We almost get a peek into what's most important for Paul. And this opening prayer unpacks a lot of what the rest of Colossians actually talks about. So here's the first thing he talks about, knowledge of God's will. He says this, we're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, I want to just take a note of the difference between something that is active and something that is passive. So it says that you will be filled. What's interesting, it doesn't say that you will fill yourself. And so I don't know about you, but I know the difference between you will be filled and filling yourself. Every morning I wake up and I grab a cup of coffee. And what do I do? I take a cup and I fill it with coffee. What did the cup do? Not much, right? It was filled with coffee. Now, we at Movement Church, we were a mobile church for a little bit. And so the trailer sitting outside, 22-foot trailer, what we would do is every Sunday would show up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We would unpack all of, those, all of that equipment. And at the end of service, we would fill the trailer with that equipment. It was to be filled. The trailer wasn't filling itself. Most of y'all who are part of that know that it wasn't filling itself, right? You remember those mornings where we would wake up. You see, to be filled. I think it's important to know that when it comes to faith, it is actually God who is filling us up. 
It's our call to find where God is. It's our call to meet God in those places so that he can fill us with the knowledge of his will. Now, I know that our first temptation is to say, well, listen, I want to know God's plan for my life. I, I want to know, God, what am I supposed to do for my job or what am I supposed to do with my calling or for my purpose? And ultimately, what Paul is talking about here is not that you'll find your individual will, but that actually you'll discover God's will the story of God that he's actually orchestrating to bring people into relationship with himself. And so we're actually called to find and to be filled with the knowledge of God's will. It was um, just a, a couple of years ago, Holly and I went to California. While we were there, we went along the Golden Coast and we were driving along the Golden Coast and we saw these signs, which are unusual. So I grew up in Northern Maine. I saw like moose crossing signs all the time, right? So you'd have these moose crossing signs. And then, you know, I came here and there's kind of these deer crossing signs. And, uh, and earlier in California, what we saw were seal signs, not seal crossing signs, but just seal signs. You know, it'd be weird if there's a seal crossing the road, but these seal signs, right? And so we, we come onto this beach and we walk down and we're wondering, are we gonna see these sea lines? Are we gonna see these seals? Are they going to show up? And so we walk down and we see these incredible sea lions on the shore, just kind of uh, talking to each other, you know, doing what sea lions do. Now, can I tell you, if you show up in California on the beach, what are the chances that you're going to see a sea lion? Much better than if you were to show up in Duluth and look for a sea lion, right? <laughs> Probably not going to happen. Like if you do, I actually looked this up. I was like, can sea lions, like, is that a thing? Like, are they in, are they in the waters of like Michigan or Superior? They're not. Uh, they're not. So <laughs> I, I had to make sure I fact check myself. And so, right, you're not going to see them there. Why? Because they're not found there. So this idea of being failed is actually this idea that we want to walk in the places where God has historically been found that we actually want to show up in prayer because we know that God has met his people in prayer. Now, does that mean that it's going to force the hand of God to somehow fill us? No, but it means that we show up because we want God to fill us. It means that we show up in worship because we want God to transform us. It means that we show up and read the Bible because we've seen God show up time and time again. And we go to those places looking for God that he might fill us with the knowledge of his will. You see, God wants to be found. The question is, are we looking for him? The question is, are we actually being filled with the knowledge of his will or are we being filled with so many other things as we are filled with content of social media, as we're filled with the news that continually tries to make us afraid of what's happening in the world around us or are we being filled with the knowledge of his will? See, one of the things that uh, we kind of say over and over is you can't do the right thing if you don't know the right thing. And so we want to show up over and over again. We want to say, where can I be filled with the knowledge of God's will? Because it's there that we begin to see the path of life. It's there that we begin to see the path of truth and fill ourselves with who God has called us to be. And so the first step is that we see ourselves in the knowledge of God's will. And so here's my question for you. And if I'm going to be transparent with you, I'll be transparent with you here in a minute. But my challenge for you is to fill yourself with scripture this week. Uh, we're going to call something called the rule of 10. I'm going to challenge you to do two, two things, three things. I got like three hours of sleep last night. So it's like, it's all up in the air. I want to challenge you to do three things this week, all for, for 10 minutes. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is read the Bible for 10 minutes. 
That's about three chapters of the Bible. Maybe start in the book of John and read the book of John for 10 minutes. You see, because I think it's in those moments when we fill ourselves with more of God that we begin to see that God is a God of peace. God is a God of grace, that he's the source from which all things flow. And if I can be honest with you, as we've kind of welcomed this new baby into our life, man, it's difficult to find those times to be able to do it. I found myself last night at 11 o'clock at night with red and bleary eyes, kind of looking down at the iPad, reading the Bible, because I know that I need more of God in my life to be able to show my little daughter the love that God so wants to pour out on her. Can I tell you right now that what God wants is for us to come to him, to fill ourselves up with the knowledge of his will so that when the time comes, you have discernment to know the right thing. Can I tell you every day we're faced with a thousand decisions of what to do. We're faced with a thousand decisions of, are you going to lie to your spouse? Are you going to be selfish in this moment and kind of take this, this money that wasn't yours? Are you going to go your own direction? Are you going to look at things that you shouldn't look at? And every one of those choices is a decision to say, am I being filled with the knowledge of God's will? And do I know what he's asking me to do? Or am I going to go my own direction? And when we're filled with the knowledge of God's will, that's not enough to just know God's will. But Paul actually says these two words, so that. Somebody say, so that. So that. that. In your Bibles, go ahead and circle it, put a little arrow. Because so that means that like this happens, so that. So, So each week, Holly and I go on a date so that we can feel connected. Uh, If you work out, you work out so that you can be more healthy emotionally, physically, mentally. If you show up to church, you show up to church so that you can love God and love others, right? It's an order to kind of language. And so he's saying, listen, you want to know God's will so that you can walk worthy. Here's what he says in verse 10. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. I think that's a, uh, just an internal debate that I have sometimes is who am I trying to please? Sometimes I wonder, am I trying to please the people around me? Am I just trying to fit into the mold of culture and say, man, I want to please the people? Am I trying to please myself or am I trying to live a life that I say in every moment I want to please God because I know that God in his way is better than me in my way. So we walk and we say fully pleasing to him. And he says, here's what it looks like. Fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, growing the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Now, I think that it's important that as we look at this idea of, of being able to walk in worthy of the gospel, there's a way to walk worthy and there's a way to walk unworthy. But really what walking worthy shows us is what we truly believe. You see, you drove in today. Uh, for those of you who drove in, for those of you who are online, maybe you drove this week. And when you got into your car, you trusted that your car would not blow up the moment that you turned it on, right? You trusted that. Why? Because you got in it and you drove somewhere. You trusted that gravity would hold you to the earth. You trusted that friction would keep you from sliding off into an abyss, right? Like you trusted all of those things. And what meant that you trusted it is when you got into your car and you took from, place, from point A to point B. In that same way, you don't truly understand God until you walk in his ways. You don't truly understand God's will until you say yes and you walk worthy. And James, who writes uh, the book of James, says things like this in verse 2, chapter, or chapter 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. You see, I think it's really interesting that what we're called to do is not only know the will of God, but to walk in the will of God. I think oftentimes what happens is we want to know more and know more and know more. But actually what Paul says is that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. 
You see, because ultimately what's important is that we actually put into practice what God has given us so that we actually know what he calls us to do and walk in that new way of what he's asking us to do. You see, throughout the biblical narrative, what we see are two paths. These two paths of saying, are you going to walk according to God and his way or are you going to walk according to you and your way? And what we're called to do in this passage is to walk according to God and his way so that we can be fully pleasing to God. I love this passage in Psalms that says that God delights in you. And it's in that delight in you that we say, how could I not, when I look at what Jesus has done for me, when I look at his goodness and grace poured out in my life, when I look at the relationships that he's given me, when I look at the goodness that he's poured out on me, how could I not but want to live in that new way? And here's what living in that new way looks like. It's up on the screen. There's four ways that we see living pleasing to God looks like. The first one is bearing fruit in every good work. That we actually are called to bear fruit. Fruit like peace and joy and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and self-control. I love looking at stories this week of people pouring out their love around them. I love that Tisha, as I was looking on her Facebook last week, she actually brought donuts into her workplace and she just left a card that said, you matter. What does that do? That shows, man, you are loved. You're cared for. We're bearing fruit so that the people around us actually love us and love God in new ways. We're bearing fruit in new ways. I love that we see that we're growing in the knowledge of God, that when we obey, we actually grow in knowledge. And there's this continual cycle of growing and obeying, growing and obeying, and finally being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I can tell you that whatever God has placed before you, that is too big for you to accomplish on your own. It's too big for you to be able to accomplish in and of your own strength. And so what God asks us to do, what he calls us to do, is to be strengthened in his power. If you're wondering, man, what does it look like to be able to walk in this way? It's to come before God and say, I need to be filled so that I can pour myself out. So here's the challenge for you in walking worthy. The, the second thing I'm going to ask you to do, the first one is spending 10 minutes in the Bible. The second thing is spending 10 minutes asking God, what do you want me to apply today of what I read? Because if we just have knowledge, that doesn't really do much. But if we have knowledge that actually pours itself out in walking worthy, then we actually are doing something. Then we're actually growing in some way. And so for 10 minutes to sit there and say, God, speak to me. Help me grow in my relationship with you so that I can love the world around me in new ways. So we want to be able to start with walking in the knowledge of God's will so that we can walk worthy. And the last one is so that we can see enduring Christoformity. Here's what the passage says. So that, there's that word again, go ahead and draw an arrow. So that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. And so what do we see but endurance and patience? I can tell you that what uh, 2020 has shown us and what 2021 honestly has shown us in many ways is that every one of us needs endurance and patience to continue to do the right thing that we live in a society and a culture that it's so difficult to be able to trust somebody because we're not sure if they're going to do the right thing, if we're going to endure in the way that God has asked us to endure. And can I tell you that the reason why all of this matters, the reason why all of why we want to do this is because really what matters more than how you start is how you finish. And when it comes to our spiritual journey, I know that for some of us, we started well we started off strong. We started off passionate. But what God wants us to do is to endure in the long run, to be able to continue to chase after the author and perfecter of our faith in Jesus. And really how that comes about is when we have knowledge of his will, when we walk worthy, then we will have enduring Christoformity to look more like Jesus in the world around us. 
So I've uh, run two half marathons in my lifetime. That's about two too many. And uh, as I think about that reality, I think about that experience, right? And I started off really strong, at least for me. You know, this body wasn't made to run. And so, uh, you know, I started off with the nine-minute milers, which for me, I'm like, I'm doing great. Like, nine-minute miles, I'm like digging this. And you'd notice, like, for the first two miles, I was, I was really going well. Then after the first two miles, I start to drop back to the 930s. Then after that, I start to drop back to the 10s and back to the 11s and back to the 12s. I was, like, basically walking by the time that I got to the end, right, by the, by the time I was done. But really what mattered is that I finished. You see, I think some of us, we started off so strong for the first two miles. And I think the encouragement God wants to give us in the first three or four weeks of this year is continue in the path that God has placed you on. Endure in the things that are difficult because it is so worth it to continue to press forward to what God has given you. Can I ask you right now, where is it that you need to continue to press forward to gain ground? Because you're either growing forward or you're going backward. It's a day-by-day decision to say, I'm gonna overcome anger. I'm gonna overcome jealousy. I'm gonna overcome hatred. I'm going to overcome unforgiveness. And I'm going to start to live into faith and love and hope and joy and patience because that's the kind of person that God is calling us to be. I wonder how the world would look at us differently, how our family would look at us differently if we lived into day by day living like Jesus. You see, that's the kind of call that we have of saying what it looks like to live day by day. One of my favorite things about this passage is that God knows every slip up. He knows every hardship. He knows every struggle in your life. And yet he still loved you so much that he said, listen, it's okay. Day by day, I know you fell yesterday, but get back up today. I know you struggled yesterday with alcohol, but get back up today and say yes to what he's calling you to. I know that you struggled yesterday with what you were watching, but get back up today and say yes to what he has for you. I know you got angry yesterday, but get back up and keep moving forward because it's day by day saying yes to what God has in store for you that makes a lifetime of endurance so that you get to the end and God says this, well done, my good and faithful servant. See, everybody's living for something. Everybody's living for some end. And I believe that it's our call to live for when God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. So the last commitment is just 10 things. Enduring Christofirmity, 10 things that day that you are grateful for. It says this, joyfully giving thanks. And I can I tell you, there are a thousand things that you already saw God do today that maybe you missed out on. As you drove in today and as you looked at a beautiful winter wonderland that maybe you were grumbling about having to shovel your driveway, but God was saying, no, listen, you missed the masterpiece I painted in front of you. Maybe you drove in today and you were getting into a fight with your spouse. Your kids were crying in the back seat and you missed the joy that God had for you in that moment that he said, no, listen, I gave you them. Maybe in your workplace that you missed out on the joy that God's given you in your workplace, but it's recognizing the goodness of God in every moment that we get to celebrate how he has brought us from where we were to where he's called us to be. And so in every moment of our life, we see that God is working things together for his glory and for our good. That in every day, day by day, we're saying, God, would you help me to look more like you? Would you help me to grow today? Knowing that every situation he's brought you into, he's done it on purpose and that he's calling you to live in that new way today. And so a uh, rule of 10 this week, three rules of 10 this week. The first one is this, commit to 10 minutes of reading the Bible per day. So I'd encourage you to read the book of John. Just read three chapters each day. 
after you're done doing that, 10 minutes asking God how to apply this to your life. That as you look at the life of Jesus, I love that as you look at his life, he went to those who were outcasts. He went to those who were sinners. He went to those who were hurting and broken. And I know that every day we can each be challenged to live that in our life in new ways and commit to 10 ways you can thank God that day to look around and joyfully give thanks for who he is and for what he's done in your life. Would you stand with me? And we're gonna pray and then we're gonna sing this song about how God is molding us and shaping us into more of who he wants us to be, drawing us into a deeper relationship with him. Well, Father, we're so grateful for your goodness and for your grace. God, we, uh, we pray that today we would recognize that you're calling us, not simply to a life that uh, we simply say yes to you once, but God, you're calling us to a life where we say yes to you over and over again, day by day that God, you're molding us and shaping us to look more like you through every trial and every temptation, every situation that you're using those things and working through them that we might look more like you. God, I know that as we look at this life that so often it's easy to get sidetracked and it's easy to begin to look different directions, but God, I pray that we would have our eyes fixed on you. Lord, I pray that as we look at Jesus, that we would be moved by the power of the cross that we would know that Jesus did what we could not do, that every one of us falls short somewhere, but Jesus came and gave his life so that we could have a relationship with you. And that God, we don't have to earn our way to you. We don't have to try to work our way to you, but instead what we're called to do is to give everything to you so that we may be filled with grace, so that we may be filled with mercy, so that we may be filled with peace. And God, this week, I pray, Lord, that we would be filled with the knowledge of your will, that whatever struggle we're coming up against, that God, we would know what you're calling us to do, we would know what you're calling us to be. And Father, I pray that we would walk worthy, that we wouldn't be people that simply understand the truth and then walk our own way, but that God, we would say yes to you. And as we say yes to you, that God, we would over a lifetime see what it means to be able to come to the very foot of Jesus, that you might say to us, well done, my good and faithful servants. God, I know that there are some people here today that maybe feel a little bit haggard, feel a little bit weary. And I pray that you would strengthen them today according to your glorious might. I pray, Lord, they would be lifted up. That, that Lord, as we sing this final song, that they would know that not according to their strength, but according to yours. Not according to their might, but according to yours. And that, God, that they would look for you in this song and that you would minister to their hearts. That they would know that they are a beloved child of the Most High God. And we ask all this in Jesus' name.